I was, uh, we was leaving the house this last week, and, and I was, we went out of the house, Lynn and I went out of the house, and I, I was locking the door behind us, and I said, do you hear that? She goes, what? It is amazing. Sometimes men are really tuned in more to the spirit than women are. <laughs> I said, you don't hear that? No, hear, hear, hear what? Hear what? All them birds over there in those trees singing and running into the side of the house. Don't, you, don't, you don't hear all that music? Music's in the air everywhere. And birds doing their thing, trying to build nests and chasing each other. Man, Linda kind of, you know, used to chase me around, but she's gotten a little bit slow, so can't run anymore. <laughs> so now I have to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Happens every spring, doesn't it? All the, all the animals get all crazy. Uh, it happens to some young people, but they don't wait for the spring. It happens almost every week. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, it, 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 love, God has to have a sense of humor. He takes two people. Most of the time they're opposites. And then he puts them together and says, go build a home. And, uh, and then we bring all of our baggage into our relationships, and he wants us to make it work. A kind of statistic, isn't it? You know? And, uh, but that's the way God works. Now, marriage is, is, is great. But, and love is something that makes marriage uh, work. But... All too often, we bring hang-ups into our relationships. Did you know that Eve was insecure? I'm talking about Adam and Eve. Go way back. Uh, not that woman that maybe lives on your block. Eve was really insecure. Every time Adam went to sleep, she would count his ribs. What? Marriages, you know, I mean, you know, she was, I mean, every time he was late getting home from work, I mean, it was, it was so bad. True story. No. <laughs> I'm going right along. My, my two oldest girls was afraid that the rapture was going to take place before they got married. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. They thought that the rapture was going to take place before they got married. They would be, miss out on getting married. So they grabbed the first two guys that, that came along. <laughs> they didn't have time to shop around. You know what I'm saying? They're afraid the rapture is going to take place. And now they wish it had. Not really. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. You got to love me. That's a true story, though, about the rapture and afraid we wouldn't get married. Uh, <laughs> we bring all of these things into, our, into the marriage relationship. Uh, Monica, the other, you might not know it, Monica won the lottery last week. And she came in, and she's all excited, and she told Sylvia, she said, I won the lottery. Go pack a bag. And he said, well, what kind of clothes should I put? Some, are we going to a warm, do I need warm clothes or cold clothes, you know, for cold country? She said, pack them all, you're leaving. 
<laughs> Lord Jesus. Whew. <laughs> you better hope she doesn't win that lottery, Silvas. You're gone. I'm going to tell you that. Valentine's Day, candy and flowers, banquets, man, money being spent. If you're, do they still give, in, the, in the, a lot of teachers around here, do you have your class getting them ready to give Valentine cards? I used to love that. I never did get any. I gave a lot out, never did get any back. <laughs> Linda was one of the, you know, they got that program, Desperate Housewives. Linda was one of the, one of the first Desperate Housewives. Uh, she was desperate because she had to marry me. I was about the only ones around, okay? <laughs> Love is the most uh, misused word probably in the English language, this little thing called love. We, we say it and we use it, I love my wife, I, I love my children, I love, I love hunting, I love fishing, <laughs> I love biscuits dipped in gravy, um, I mean, we use love. We just throw that word around, and, uh, and that is not what really is going to make a marriage work. That's not the kind of love that makes any marriage work. Uh, the love that, that is expressed that we were singing, oh, how he loves you and I, the Bible kind of love that is expressed. Now, I realize that there's different uh, translations of love, uh, in, the, in the scriptures, about like four different meanings of the, of the word love. But I'm talking about the 1 Corinthians chapter 13 kind of love, uh, the agape love, love is kind. Uh, that, is, that is where, that is the love that's going to keep our marriages together. Real love, and I always tell people, in fact, I was at a marriage yesterday, and, and I was watching as people were taking their vows. And as a pastor, I, I see people take vows all the time. I promise to take you and for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and in sickness and in health and good times and bad times, when you smell sweaty and when you've got foo-foo on and, you know, you, you do all that stuff. But real love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Real love is a choice. And when the going gets tough and the feelings are gone, then, then, the, then the ball falls in our court if we're going to keep loving it or not. And I realize that there's, there's uh, uh, people in our audiences that has been married uh, before and they, they have gone through divorce. They're now, you know, uh, there's all kinds of situations. And I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about what has taken place in your life. I'm saying in the future, uh, if someone else comes into your relationship, uh, then you need to understand that you're going to be making the same kind of vows. And it might be a different face. And it might be, it might be a, a different-looking body, and uh, the, he may have a six-pack, and she might have whatever. But I'm telling you what, uh, the only thing that's going to keep that marriage together is love, the God kind of love. Because it won't be long until that six-pack turns into fat and drops over his belt. <laughs> gravity is going to you know, do its number on all of us, and... Uh, and then you're going to look in the mirror and say, my God, where did that come from? Having a good marriage is not easy. Having a good marriage is not easy. If it were, people would get married and stay married. 
I'm just kind of, this is just the way it is. You know, if it was easy, then everybody, there wouldn't be no such thing as divorce if marriage was easy. And if you get married thinking that marriage is going to be easy, it's not going to be long until something will wake you up. Someone said love is a dream and marriage is the alarm clock. Sooner or later, you'll get woke up, and your wife will win the lottery, and you'll be packing your bags. <laughs> love. The God kind of love. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 9 says this. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun. Now, let me... Let me just keep that up there. Now, the person that is writing this is the wisest man that ever lived next to Jesus. He prayed for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom, and his wisdom was known around the world. But Ecclesiastes is a book where he looks, and you'll find the phrase, if you'll do your devotions, under the sun, the phrase under the sun. He looked under the sun at the way that life was and situations were. And he noticed something as he was watching mankind and watching life and taking, uh, taking information in. He realized that, that a lot of people had good marriages. And so he began to look at this and begins to write about it. He has given you under the sun all your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. It's interesting that Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, did not have a successful marriage. But he wrote about marriage. But he never experienced one. He rejected the wisdom of his father and never experienced anybody with as many women surrounding his life as he, as he was. I don't know how wise he was. One is enough. This guy was crazy. Uh, with, you know, you can read that for yourself, how many he had. But he noticed that a lot of people of unbelievers had good marriages. And this is the revelation I want to give you this morning. Marriage was instituted before the fall. And the significance of that is the institution of marriage is, is supposed to be designed to be a blessing for everyone, believers and unbelievers alike. Because it was instituted before sin ever entered the picture. In fact, a great marriage is a little bit of heaven that some unbelievers will ever experience. It's a place of refuge. It's a place to go where you can get companionship and fellowship and support. A great marriage is, is heaven on earth. Someone said, what would you do if you went home to a house full of warmth and love? And he said, I'd go check it and see if I was at the right address. Heaven on earth equated to a great marriage. And it qualifies, and Solomon qualifies a good marriage with what? Labor. If you do not think that you had to work on your marriage, pick a flower, you're done. A good marriage does not just happen. A good marriage is one that you work on. What is the price of a good marriage? W-O-R-K. It does not just happen. You see, working is what adults do. Children don't understand the work ethic that it's going to take 
to make a marriage work. And unfortunately, there's too many children getting married with no idea of what they're getting into. A lot of, a lot of preachers used to get on to me because they said, do you offer pre-marriage counseling? And I said, no. I mean, I said, I talk to them if they want to talk. Uh, but I have found that when they come for pre-marriage counseling, every time I ask them a question, I can see the wheels. I can almost hear the wheels in their head going around trying to figure out, now what does he want me to say? Because they, you know, they don't want to, you know, they want to pull a snow job on me because I've even told people, you, you shouldn't get married. Just point blank. You, you, know, you really shouldn't get married. And, uh, and I didn't perform the ceremony. They went ahead and got married at a justice of the peace, and I think it lasted three weeks. Why? Because they were children. Adults know how to work and accept responsibility. And unless the children go through a transition period, when they get married and they first hit their first snags, and they will, if they do not get help and rise to the occasion and, and, and the maturity level, maturity level in their life rise to the occasion and they begin to work through their issues, their marriage is destined for destruction. And no one can save it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 is a transition verse. It says this, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man or when I became an adult or when I reached the age of maturity, I put away childish things. Now, a lot of people try to use 1 Corinthians 13 to uh, do away with the gifts of the Spirit. In other words, now we don't need the gifts of the Spirit all we need now is love. And, that has, and those that, that believe that have not read the Bible. Paul was not trying to do away with the gifts of the Spirit. He was trying to give you education on what is the motivation behind using them. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, it profits me nothing. Notice what he said, though I do. Though, so he wasn't doing away with something that he was practicing. He was saying there is a better way than, than coveting gifts. The re, he said the way you need to covet, you know, leave coveting out of it. Now just be motivated by love and, motiv and use the gifts of the Spirit in your life and the Holy Spirit in your life and be motivated by this thing called love. And, and it goes through a transition period. When babies get married or one is childish in their emotions, it's just a matter of time until sparks fly. Let me give you five marks. Hopefully you got your, your, your uh, journals, okay? Five marks of immaturity. Five marks of immaturity. Now, you can judge your own self. In your, in your marriage relationship. You know, I was going to title this message, How to Be Happy Though Married. But I thought, that well, wouldn't sound too good for the tape ministry or whatever, CD or whatever, DVD. Number one, an inability to receive criticism. An inability to receive criticism. If you cannot handle criticism, do not get married. Because it's going to come your way whether you want it or not. 
You're going to wear that. No, no, I'm not wearing that. Um, it's amazing. I used to wear those things all the time. An inability to receive criticism. Number two, being slow to forgive and quick to blame is the mark of immaturity. Being slow to forgive and quick to blame. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, I want to ask you, I'll take a poll. You can, you can either vote or you don't have to vote. Um, what couple in this building has never had an argument? Yeah, that's what I figured. 100%. Brother Higgins used to call them domestic discussions. Some people call them just loud talking. Uh, we all go through those times. One of, the, one of the questions that they asked us at the Sweetheart Bank was, when was you have your last argument? I, I couldn't remember. I knew we've had several over the years. We probably had several the last few weeks, but I can't remember them. A mark of maturity is that you have a short memory. Get over it and move on. Why? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just, we just not getting along. And it seems like all we, do, all we do is fight. Well, you just fight with the next one. If you're fighting with the one you have, you fight with the next one. So you might as well learn how to fight the right way. Be quick to forgive and, and, and go on. And, and, you know, quit blaming people so quick. Accept it yourself. You know, it just could be that you might. I know it's a slight possibility. But it could be that you might have a little hand in this. Thirdly, inability to adapt to difficult circumstances. Inability to adapt to difficult circumstances. I didn't sign up for this. <clears throat> Let's see. I take you for better or for how many of you have had some worse stuff besides me? I mean, there's some worse stuff going to come. And, and, if you, and if you're not an adult, if you, if you hadn't went through the transition stage, I'm telling you, your marriage is going to be on rocky ground. Well, I, 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 didn't want, I, didn't think, I, th I didn't think it was going to be this worse. Life happens. Inability to adapt to difficult circumstances. Number four, refusal to accept your own responsibilities. Refusal to accept your own responsibilities. It was all their fault. Now, whenever you counsel with someone and they come in with that, it's all their fault. You just be gracious. Yeah, I'm, I know. He, he was a deadbeat, been a deadbeat forever. Yeah, listen. Takes two. It takes two to ruin a marriage. 
Can we talk today? Is it, uh, you're being awful quiet. I told you some funny jokes. You want me to go back to the jokes? <laughs> I'm gonna be, let me break in here with a joke. Rhonda came in and told Gary the other day that there was water in the carburetor of the car. I don't, I don't want to think that Cadillac has a carburetor. And he said, you're crazy. It can't be water in that carburetor. She said, I'm telling you, there's water in the carburetor. He said, Rhonda, you don't even know what a carburetor is. He said, where's the car? I'll check it out. And she said, it's in the bottom of the pool. <laughs> there was water in the carburetor. There was water all over that car. <laughs> Number five. A desire to have your own needs met first. A desire to have your own needs met first. Everything revolves around me. Boy, when, those, when these issues are not taken care of in, 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 in relationship areas, I'm telling you, there's going to be problem after problem after problem after problem. Because the truth is, it doesn't revolve totally around you. There's more involved in a relationship than you. Sometimes it takes a while for immaturity to surface. Now, years ago, I got, I got this from a woman named Sister Hardy. I guess several years ago in Saturday Evening Post, there was a article about a husband's sequences of, of reactions to his wife's common cold from the time they got married. And it kind of shows the immaturity level beginning, you know, it takes a while sometimes for the immaturity level to, to really come through. And so let me take you through this. Here's the reactions of the husbands to his wife's having a simple common cold. The first year. Sugar dumpling. I'm really worried about my baby girl. You've got a bad simple. And there's no telling about these things with all the strep going around. I'm putting you in the hospital this afternoon for a checkup. I know the food is lousy there, so I'll bring you some food from, food from hotels. Now, I've changed some names in here. I've already cleared it with a head nurse. Trust me. Sugar dumpling. Second year. Listen, darling. I don't like the sound of that cough. I've called Dr. Bobby to rush over here. Now you go to bed and get some rest. Third year. Maybe you better lie down, honey. Nothing like a good rest when you feel bad. I'll bring you something to eat. Is there any canned soup in the cupboard? Hmm, fourth year. Now look, dear, be sensible. After you've fed the kids, washed the dishes, and finished the vacuuming, you'd better lie down. Just get all those names out of your head. I know you have names there. Fifth year. Why don't you take a couple of aspirins? <laughs> Sixth year. 
I wish you'd just gargle or something instead of sitting around barking like a seal. <laughs> this is not good, is it? Seventh year. For Pete's sake, stop sneezing. You'll give me pneumonia. What's the answer? Love is a choice, not a feeling. Love is what adults do. There are times you have to choose to love your mate and trust the feelings to come later. Woo! That one didn't fly. Right here. Faith works by love, and you can turn that around and say love works by faith. Though you may not feel it, you may want in the flesh to punch him out. But you choose to do the right thing. You choose the God kind of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is kind. Have you read it lately? Love is kind. Just start there. It might be a big faith step with you. But why don't you try a little kindness? And maybe the feelings, just maybe the feelings might follow your lead of loving the way God loves you. Because love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Get this. It's you and I treating each other like Christ treats us. The next time you and your wife or you and your husband, you have some real good words, just remember, our responsibility is to respond to them like Jesus responds to our stupidity. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Do you deserve his love? Not on my best day. You know what keeps our relationship with, with the Father going? Love. He responds to us in love. You know why? Because he chooses to. That's the God kind of love. And today I'm telling you all across this building, you may be feeling like nobody loves you today. 
That is the biggest lie the enemy has ever tried to tell you. Because today, God loves you supremely. There is nothing that you have done that would stop his love from reaching out and embracing you. The only thing that's keeping you and him separated is simply because you have, will not respond to his love. Let's pray. Steffi, come on. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you. And I sense your presence here in this building. I've sensed your presence from the very first course this morning. The world pauses once a year and kind of gives a month to, for, to give people the, the, uh, the opportunity, God, to express love to each other. But as Christians... It should be a daily thing. It should be a daily thing. Being quick to love. Man. Whatever the enemy has maybe built up in your mind, that, that wall that keeps you separated from the love of God, I'd like for it to dissolve today. And may you get a revelation of his love for you to this morning. There is nothing that you have done that will stop him from loving you. If you're here and you're having some relationship difficulties, Try love. Try loving by faith. Try loving by faith. Even if you don't feel like it, try loving by faith. See what happens. Respond to people the way God responds to you. Always there. Always there.